This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. 97.5 97.5 and 12.8 of the zone. Big thanks to the title sponsor of the big show. That would be Big O. Stop by your locally owned Big O tires and save up to $150 off Big O brand tires with your Big O credit card now through May 31st. Big O tires, the team you trust. My wife, Lisa, just got a new set of tires from Big O. There you go. Yeah, and I'm probably going to get some, too, coming up here pretty quick. Well, you need a you need a high performance tire when you're driving at speeds like that. I don't blame you. I'm getting more like you. Are you going that you're a speed limit guy now? Yes, I am. Good I've really, I've really slowed down. I I tired of paying the tickets. I keep thinking about what you said. You planted this thought in my mind, and it won't. You're not going to get there any faster. Minimal although, invest. Although I did have a situation the other day where somebody was going fast. And they got through a set of three lights that I got stopped on each time. And the way he got through was by going a little f- faster. But that but, guy got to his destination still about 30 seconds faster than you. Oh, I think it was more than that. But I, but I, now I'm just sitting there going, I'm, I'm, I'm driving and I'm going, Jake said, not going to get there any faster. So I'm just going to stay right here in the right lane. And I'm going to wave at people as they blow on by me. It's a comfortable way to live, isn't it? It is it is kind of nice, yeah. actually. Just chilling. It yeah. is true, though. If you miss that one light, you miss the next three. <laughs> That's why I get off I get off the uh, the other road that doesn't have the light. I go on the side, side road. Look at the influence you've had on me, Jake. How about I'm, that? I'm, I'm, just I'm sitting, honored. I'm just sitting there going, what would Jake do? There you, see, you know? there He's you so go. slow down. So slow down, just sort of. Every once so, in a while, I'll pass somebody, but I don't feel like it's a part of some sort of inner achievement to get by the next guy. Yeah, so nearly running over Adrian Lizer twice didn't do it, but Jake telling you it won't make a difference did. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. What? What? What kind of fib was Adrian telling? Oh, you think he's lying, do you? I don't. I think he had one of eight, one of eighty cars in the world. And it, you think that it was another one? Someone yeah, else I, running I Adrian off the road? I think somebody else had, had the same car. It's the only explanation. And uh, they just happened to be in our neighborhood. <laughs> uh, Gordon, uh, John Hollinger uh, released a piece today talking about his votes for um, you know Defensive Player of the Year, MVP, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought what he wrote about uh, Rudy Gobert was interesting. He uh, under defensive player of the year. He has the one, two, and three slot uh, for how he'd rank the players. Okay. He has Rudy Gobert one, Rudy Gobert two, <laughs> and Rudy Gobert three. Hollinger says this: This wasn't even a competition. Any ballot that doesn't list Gobert in the top spot is immediately suspect. Other players were very good on defense this year, and I'll talk a bit about them more below, but Gobert allowed a team with four undersized offense-first players around him to finish fourth in defensive efficiency. He is an all-time great defender, having his best season, and while the eye test is more uh, is more than clear enough in this case, virtually every advanced metric also puts him at the top by a wide margin. Couldn't agree more. 
Couldn't agree more. And it's good to see someone like John talking about that publicly because I think on the casual fan, it's missed. It's missed across the league. And then you have got Ben Simmons out there campaigning for the award and ignoring everything John just presented. Well, and the fact that Ben Simmons isn't even the best defender on his own team, I mean, <laughs> is is really something. The, the whole campaigning for the award thing yeah. bugs me because, honestly, Ben Simmons shouldn't even be in the convo. Yeah, but, but he was doing it for Rookie of the Year back in the yes, day. Yes, he did, and it was dumb then. Yeah. I, I, I Good for John. Yeah, but I mean, if you you do look at those advanced stats, we got into that Raptor stat a couple of weeks ago, if you remember. I mean, it's just incredible. But I I think the strongest point he makes there is that Rudy has already set a high bar when it comes to defense, and he's having his best year. Yes. And he's having an historic year, really. And the point he makes about four undersized offense first players that are around him is not entirely true, but mostly true. Because Royce O'Neal is an offense first, but he is small. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't. I think Royce is a, is a notch above average, but not exactly. He's nobody's idea of a stopper, even though that's what's projected around these parts. But what Rudy Gobert has done, and every once in a while you'll see Rudy get beat, and we've seen that. We saw that uh, just the other day. He was getting. I we saw it yesterday, right? He got beat a couple of times, but it's it's doesn't happen very often, and oftentimes he is covering. Like we talked about earlier, he's taking care of business on two other guys that aren't his primary responsibility. I think the the biggest thing that you well not the biggest one of the things that you can point to uh, that is so complimentary to how how good Rudy is defensively is is his defense in the pick and roll. Most uh, I'm not breaking any news here, Gordon, but most bigs suck at defense in the pick and roll. There's a reason that uh, you know guys like Ennis Cancer get dragged into pick and rolls over and over again because and, they're not good at it. And he kind of did. He had to adjust. He had to learn how to do that. He's he, gotten better at it. He is amazing yeah. at it. He is so good, in fact, that teams stop running pick and roll. And we've had this conversation on nights the Jazz have struggled defensively. You're going, oh, well, what, the, what is the deal here? Well, they're spreading everybody out and attacking everybody but Rudy Gobert. And not to you know get back to a previous conversation, but that's where the Lakers would have trouble if they play Andre Drummond, is that Rudy is right there waiting for every defensive mistake. So, you know, he's amazing at the way he impacts. I mean, can you imagine that a player so good defensively that you have good playoff teams just scrapping what they do? And yes, and not only that, you and I have talked about it. How many times a game do you see someone dribble into the paint and dribble right back out Happens again? Happens all the time. That it, I can't think of very many players that are capable of uh, putting that kind of fear into play because players hate getting their shots blocked. They just hate that. It's like the the, the worst thing that can happen to them, and at least competitively speaking. So they they, they like, try to avoid Mr. Gobert. Now, you do see some players who will drive in and do that teardrop mid-range jump thing. Uh, but but I'm always impressed when guys can do that because it's not easy and they're adjusting their shot. Why? Because Rudy Gobert is standing there. So when it's all said and done, what awards do you think the Jazz should bring home? Not that they are. What yeah. should they bring home? I think defensive player of the year, uh, as we talked about, uh, six man of the year seems like that's fairly clear with uh, Jordan Clarkson. 
And it'll be interesting to watch whether Quinn gets it because his team did finish with the best record in the league and his team was picked to finish fifth or sixth in the West. That's pretty amazing. However, what the Suns did was pretty amazing too, you know. And I understand the love affair with the, with Thibodeau in, in New York uh, because that's a media center. center. But uh, I, I, I would go with uh, – I'm most impressed by the Jazz and the Suns and the leap that they have made this year. So Quinn's not going to get it. Probably not. And he 100% should. Not And, okay, so the Suns uh, went from not in the playoffs to second in the league, and the Jazz made the jump that they made. But is that what determines that award? Because it, historically, a, a lot of times it has been, which I, I don't think is just, personally. A lot I, of the guys who have won that award have ended up losing their job within two years. I mean, it's... it's it's. But Coach Snyder completely altered how his team played to accommodate all the players. Yeah. But the jump that they made... I mean, they're setting NBA records. They're setting franchise records. They didn't. the The biggest roster move that they made was reacquiring a backup center. And yet they've and gone from Jordan Clarkson. But that that yeah. wasn't a, a right. move per se. I mean, he was on the team last year, right? They didn't make some big. The, the Lakers acquired Montrez Harrell and and uh, your guy Dennis Schroeder, and uh, the Clippers did what they did. I mean, the Jazz didn't change anything other than reacquiring Derek Favors, their backup center. And they go from fifth to first, and do so by becoming a top uh, a top five offense and a top five defense, sending setting three point records for makes and attempts, um, shooting nearly forty percent, even though they're taking forty three threes a game. the The transition offense is totally different than it was last year, and they've created somehow one of the best defensive uh, teams in the league without generating any turnovers. They're yeah. dead last, dead last in in generating turnovers. And going back to Hollinger's point, they've done so defensively with a bunch of tiny players. <laughs> I mean, you look yeah. at the Lakers and the Clippers and you say, you know, boy, those are really good defensive teams. Well, they've got a bunch of 6'8 dudes that are rangy and can guard any position. The Jazz backcourt is uh, 6'1 and 6'1. <laughs> True. They're, they're starting, uh, I guess you would say, power forward in a traditional sense, is 6'4. Royce O'Neal is their second leading rebounder. He is 6'4. We saw him have monster games defending Giannis. Giannis, who's seven feet tall. <laughs> you know, well, so... I, and he's reconstructed, uh, as you mentioned, uh, the offensive side. I mean, uh, he he's not the father of the three-point shot. I get that. But he has utilized it about as well as anybody ever has. 100%. And the numbers would, would completely back up uh, would completely back up that opinion. Speaking of Derek Favors for a moment, reacquiring a backup center. He's made the most out of that because he's got more of a player a backup so he can alter Rudy's rotation so that Rudy doesn't have to mirror the starting center on the other team all the time. And all of a sudden you're seeing Rudy get minutes against the backup guy where he's just dominating and that benefits Rudy. Like that's Coach Snyder. I mean, he's constructed the the rotations in a way that maximizes every player. Everyone complains about Jordan Clarkson, but where he's slotted on the roster, he's playing with with lineups that allow him to go play his game. That's coach. 
And Thibodeau, uh, you know, uh, coaches a little harder and gets a little more defense out of his guys, and the Knicks finally make the playoffs for the first time <laughs> in forever, and he's going to win. And what he's done with Julius Randle is is impressive, so I don't mean to totally discount it, but I think what Coach Snyder has done this year is historic. Well, you know, well, Monty Williams, who's a great coach, don't get me wrong, but he adds an all-NBA guy in Chris Paul, who, by the way, is just the veteran role and presence that they needed on that team. Yeah. Quinn Snyder's doing it with the same team. <laughs> he just changed the way he adapted the way that he coaches his guys to maximize his roster. And last time I checked, that's like the definition right. of being a good coach. That's, that's the that's, point. That's exactly right. You take the players you have, you make them as as good as they can possibly be. And that's that's what Quinn Snyder has done with this particular team. And they may even have surprised themselves of what they were capable of doing. And I think Joe Ingles is a great example of that. Because I don't think he thought he would be this good. And Quinn has both uh, organized an attack and motivated a player to reach that potential. And same thing, I mean, that's Jordan Clarkson. I mean, how much credit does he have to give Quinn? He keeps saying it over and over again. He turned me loose. He let me be me. Well, it's worked out pretty well. So, yeah, I, I I agree with you. I mean, I think highly of Quinn Snyder. I mean, everybody knows that I've said it a thousand times. But I think he deserves it. He's not going to get it, but I think he deserves it. Why do you think he's not going to get it? Because it Is just it goes to thing? the it, it goes to the OSC Overachiever Award. That's what they they should just call it that. Or unless didn't Steve Kerr win it once in the, the season where he did zero coaching? He was just taking a nap on the <laughs> sideline. But the the Warriors were so good they gave it to Steve Kerr for that. Uh, the it was the seventy win team, right? That they. But anyway, well, Jerry well, Sloan was never going to complain about it publicly. But I think it did hurt Jerry that he didn't win that award, and and it should have. Well, see, and, and he he's not going to complain about it and be any kind of you know he's Jerry Sloan, but. Did he deserve it? Yes, he deserved it. All these other guys are winning it when Jerry is just moving forward every every year. Well, and he, yeah, he never won the title, but a lot of the guys who did win it when he should have won it were I mean, it was a flash in the pan. Here's why I'd be bothered if I were Jerry Sloan. All those years that he didn't get it, they said, Well, you got John and Carl, you should be good. Yeah. You know? What what kind of coaching is there? You've got the two of the best. So you don't get coach of the award there. Oh, you're the one. And then a it, winning record when they when, when they, they were, were just garbage. <laughs> when they had like three NBA players on the roster, he goes 500, and they're like, "Well, no, nah, giving it to somebody else." <laughs> if I was Jerry at that point, I'd be like, "What do I have to do? Oh, yeah. I win games with a garbage team, and you won't give it to me. But I I win more games with a good team, and you won't give it to me then either. What you do know, you have to do? You know what really did hurt Jerry was when he was the assistant on the Olympic team. And then he was in line to become the next Olympic coach, and they gave it to someone else. I think that really, really bothered Jerry because I, I had a conversation with him. And he said, "What I do wrong? What I do wrong? Hey, you did nothing wrong, Jerry. Somebody just had a different idea." But I think on on I think Coach Snyder deserves it, and it, it bugs me that it's it's just the overachiever award. And I get the logic, but it feels easy, you know, like oh, I thought the Suns were going to suck. They don't. Give that guy the award. I mean, shouldn't it be about more than that? So the Jazz should get three of these major awards. In my opinion, but they'll get two. 
Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty remarkable. But what about the All NBA? Uh, how many players make it? Fifteen. First, second, First, third. second third. Rudy will make well, it. I bet he makes a second team. Well, you have to put Steph and and uh, Dame Dalla, right? On the first team, right? I'm thinking of Donovan Mitchell. So mm. where, where where do you have to put Dame on the first team? I think it do. I bet no, people yeah. would argue with you on that. Oh, who are they putting there instead? I don't know. Kyrie Irving, maybe. Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal. Uh, they love Shaft and Beal, though. <laughs> they? You mean the voters? Well, they did last year, right? Um, I would guess Beal makes it this year, but I don't. It, there's no way it's first team. I thought one of the guys at the Tribune wrote a story about how, like, $32 million at stake for Donovan or something? Yeah. Did I read yeah, that? Yeah, because right? if he, he's eligible for the uh, uh, higher raises if he makes the uh, uh, All-NBA team. I, on along this line, I've been looking for what Ben Simmons is slated to make should he win Defensive Player of the Year, thinking maybe that's why he's – I cannot find anything in his contract that mentions defensive player. Of the well, year. he'll be eligible for the supermax extension or the supermax. His next deal, he'll be eligible for a supermax. Just all for la, getting that award? Oh yes, all on Rudy. I thought that was in Rudy's contract no, specifically. Uh-uh, that's NBA rules. So he's not. He's not because there's there's stuff in here about all NBA. There's stuff in here about all star. Right, those are individual bonuses. This is in the CBA. I see. I see. So you're eligible for that contract. I see. If, so every player. Every player. And it's if you reach certain milestones, Defensive Player of the Year, MVP. That's why he's campaigning. <laughs> well, 100% right. Yeah, you're both right. Absolutely why he's campaigning, to make himself uh, eligible for that Supermax deal. Yeah, 100%. He probably saw Rudy do it and think, well, wow, there's an easy way to be make myself eligible. Well, it's pretty remarkable that three of the major awards should, according to our judgment, Get win these awards. Three people from the Jazz. Well, and, and I think and Donovan you, and Rudy both make All NBA teams. Rudy for Rudy, sure. Rudy, yeah, absolutely. But I think Donovan gets on there too. We'll see. He should. I, I you know, who votes other than the media guys? Who else votes? I think it's just the media guys. Isn't Is it? it? Mm-hmm. You would think those guys would be pretty clued in. We'll see. No, you wouldn't. Guys like Sam Amick and well, those uh, guys, Chris the guys Mannix. that we know, but there's a yeah, lot man, more I mean, voters the, out there than that. Yeah, but a lot of those guys you are know. fawning over Ben Simmons, even though oh, he stinks. Oh no, no, I think most of them are pretty, pretty conscientious. I Howard Beck. I mean, these guys are, are studiers of basketball. Those guys we know. Yeah, I agree with you. But the, the, just the, because we know them doesn't mean that that changes their vote. But they what they have Anthony Davis last year second in the defensive player of the year running and he did not have a good defensive year last year. <laughs> well, I guess it depends on who you talk to. Well, I don't know. People who watch. <laughs> <The> guys, <laughs> who don't just get ah! blinded by the purple Lakers on the front of the jersey. <laughs> okay. Which is what happens to a lot of those voters, I think. Well, there does seem to be a little bit of a eastern pull at times. All right. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk to our friend Sarah Todd. She covers the jazz for the Deseret News. Stay tuned. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time?
time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update presented by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce? Get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Ring the 30-point bell. Jazz win, 121-99 over the Sacramento Kings, the last game of the regular season. The Jazz, 52-20, and an NBA league best. They are the top seed going into the Western Conference playoffs. Uh, Rudy Gobert was asked about the 13,000 fans that will be in attendance for Jazz home games in the playoffs. It's going to be amazing. You know, it's been a, it's been a challenging year for everyone. And uh, being able to... To, to share the moment, you know, be able to have the, the presence of the fans, the energy of the fans uh, in the arena during the playoffs. I think it's going to be huge for us. Uh, you know, it's going to be a big lift, a big, a big advantage. And, uh, you know, it's going to be fun. You know, I can't wait to, uh, to get started. And, you know, and uh, I think we are excited about it. You know, 8,000 8, was already getting loud a little bit, but 13 should be a, should be a pretty cool playoff atmosphere. We do not know who the Jazz will face in the first round. The Western Conference playoff games start Wednesday. The Spurs will take on the Grizzlies. The Lakers will host the Warriors. Uh, The winner of the Warriors-Lakers game will be the seventh seed. The loser will face the winner of the Spurs and the Grizzlies uh, to battle for the eighth seed and, uh, of course, the opponent for the first round for the Utah Jazz. This bottom-of-the-hour Jazz update brought to you by our friends at Syringa Networks. Now here we go. The regular season is over. And the top-seeded Utah Jazz are set to make their NBA playoff run. Hear every second of every moment of Jazz playoff basketball. Right here on your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Scott show gordon monson jake scott 97.5 and 1280 the zone we're going to talk to sarah todd from the desert news coming up here momentarily but right now it's time for the uinta golf pga championship giveaway be caller 12 right now see what player you get assigned for this year's pga championship 855-340-ZONE caller 12 will be paired with a top 25 player and one will be 26 and the field if the player assigned to you wins you will receive the same brand putter that player has in the bag. Qualifiers will uh, be assigned uh, Monday, today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. It's brought to you by Uinta Golf, serving Utah golf since 1971. Again, caller 12, 855-340-ZONE. And uh, I know it's been going on for a year, but I'm still going to have to get used to the uh, PGA being uh, earlier in the golf or on the golf calendar. And we'll, of course, talk to uh, the Real Golf Radio guys uh, throughout the uh, throughout the week to preview that. But right now, let's talk some jazz basketball. Let's jump out to the zone phone. Of course, she covers the jazz for the Deseret News. She's Sarah Todd with us here on The Big Show. Hi, Sarah. How are you? 
I'm great. How are you guys doing? We are wonderful. Uh, of course, we're, we're, we're getting started to talk playoff basketball, which is just great. Best time of the year. How big of a deal has, uh, is the, has this season been for the, for the Jazz? Setting uh, records, finishing with the best uh, record in the league. Just uh, how big of a deal is it? It's a really big deal. I, I think that you know a lot of times fans uh, have a tendency to not really be in the moment and be worried about what's coming up next. I mean, you, you have that throughout the entirety of the regular season, you know, where people get caught up on one bad loss or, you know, how they've been playing through like the past two games or something. And they can't really uh, get themselves to think about the end goal or, or they think too far ahead and think about, Oh, well, what's going to happen in the first or the second round. But I mean, it's really important to look at what the Jazz have actually been able to do. It's been a historic season. They have multiple players that are playing their absolute best basketball right now. I mean, you got guys sort of on the tail end of careers like like Joe Ingles and Mike Conley that are playing at their absolute best. Rudy Gobert is probably going to win a third Defensive Player of the Year award, and they're number one in the league. They have home court for as long as they're in the playoffs and it's it's been a really really important season and important i think for how they're going to be viewed past this year uh on the national landscape how do you think it's going to go with uh donovan mitchell coming back and uh how bumpy a ride will that be or will it be smooth as can be i mean i'm i'm sure that you know like anyone else it'll probably take him just a little bit to kind of get back into playing rhythm but, you know, over the last few days, we've talked to Joe Ingles and Mike Conley and brought up those issues, you know, whether or not rust would be a problem and what they think about what the process is going to be like incorporating first Mike and then Donovan back into the starting lineup and into the rotation. And the point that they made is actually a very good one that, you know, throughout the majority of the regular season and, you know, looking back also to the bubble, they were playing really well together and they had a lot of chemistry. And that's not all going to just fall off of the board just because he's been gone for a few weeks. Uh, I mean, uh, 16 games, you'd like it to be less than that, that he missed at the tail end of the season, but that's not going to break this team. And they don't play a lot of isolation, heavy basketball. There's a lot of ball movement and that's what their offense is predicated on is moving the ball, drive and kick and get an open shooter. And so it's not like they have to have Donovan come in and score 50 points and win a game. They just need him to come in and play within the system. And that's not something that you lose your rhythm for. Maybe his shot doesn't fall perfectly when he first comes back, but there's also a lot of other scoring power on the team. And so I don't, I don't think that incorporating Donovan is going to be too big of a deal. And also to say he's 24 years old, it's not like you can get too rusty when you're 24. Sarah, of course, uh, the Jazz would never tell us, but uh, who do you think they would prefer to play in the first round, Golden State or the Lakers? I think uh, probably Golden State. Um, uh, and that, of course, that all depends on you know how healthy the Lakers are, but I don't think that you go into a playoff series against the Lakers and ever think that LeBron James is going to miss time. And uh, I know that Steph has been Steph Curry has been playing. Uh, basically at an MVP level for the last couple of months. But I think with enough ball pressure from guys like Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell that uh, the interior defense would be enough to take care of everyone else. I mean, Steph Curry would basically have to score 50 points 
to be able to beat the Jazz on a regular basis. I don't think that he can carry the Warriors through a seven-game series, even as good as he's been lately. I think they would prefer that matchup. You know, the interesting thing about that is that what you were talking about earlier, that isolation that, that Donovan is capable of creating it sort of messes up that switching defense at times that uh, that the Warriors like to pull, at least did when those guys were out of the lineup. So that if that is, in fact, the first-round matchup, it'll be interesting to see the strategy involved in handling one another. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a really good point, is that when you try to get around some of those switches, to have a guy that has such a quick first step is really important when you're going against that type of defense. And you know, if if I was thinking that maybe Donovan wouldn't be back or maybe they'd have to be cautious with Mike Conley, I'd be maybe a little bit more trepidatious about saying the Warriors are a favorable matchup. But I think, that, like you said, that first step is really important. Gordon and I were just having a chat about the uh, the postseason awards. Um, and feel free to disagree with any of this, but uh, we think that Rudy is, is probably a shoe-in for Defensive Player of the Year. Clarkson probably a shoe-in for, for Sixth Man of the Year. And we kind of got to discussing Coach of the Year. And I don't think Coach Snyder is going to get it, but I think he really deserves it. What do you think about those uh, those opinions? Yeah, I've been talking about this uh, a lot lately, whether it's in my own columns or podcast or with, just with friends in conversation. And, uh, you know, the, I think that it's easier to narrow down defensive player of the year, sixth man of the year, um, awards like that, where it's very performance based. But, you know, like an MVP or coach of the year, very specifically, are more narrative based than they are performance based. Whether And that's to the benefit or detriment. I don't know what the answer is. And so I think that it just depends on the voters, the people who are actually voting, whether or not they are going to be looking maybe at the narrative or the performance. Because if you're looking at the narrative, then Monty Williams and Tom Thibodeau have very good stories about, um, you know, taking teams out of, you know, playoff relegation and bringing them back into the fold and, um I think that has a lot more to do actually with how the team is playing rather maybe than the coaching. And I think that it's, it's harder to take a team from bad to from it's harder to take a team from good to great than it is from bad to good. And that's what Quinn has done with the jazz. You know, they were kind of a middling playoff team for the last few years and now they're the number one team in the league. And I think that that's a greater leap than maybe some people give him credit for at the same time. I mean, it's really incredible what Tom Thibodeau has been able to do with the Knicks. I mean, that's a ragtag group of guys. I mean, they don't have the stars. They don't have, you know, Chris Paul and Devin Mooker like Monty Williams does with the Suns. And they don't have Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, like the Jazz do. I mean, they got Julius Randle, who I don't think anyone thought would play as good as he's been playing this season. And so it, it just depends, I guess, on the voter and how they look at it. I do think that Quinn Snyder is deserving. But I don't. I think that maybe the story is just not as compelling as uh, some of the other ones. So uh, I, w- I wouldn't be shocked if he got a lot of votes, but I also wouldn't be shocked if he didn't win it. You know, I like what you said there, Sarah. Do you play golf? Uh, I I used to play golf. Are I you? did. I was on I was on a junior college golf team. Oh, look no at big you. Deal. No big <laughs> deal. Oh wow! All right. So you would you would I think it, it, there's a nice analogy there. And Jake's heard me say this before that you said it's it's more difficult to go from good to great than it is from sort of bad to sort of good. 
And and I compare it to a golf game. You know, when you first start playing golf, you can you know if you get some instruction, you can you can whittle some some strokes off your average round uh, relatively quickly. But when it gets down to going from a two handicap to scratch, I mean, each each one of those gets more difficult to get there. You know, would and I think that that works with what you're saying for uh, for the teams. Yeah, I mean, you could use, I mean, almost any analogy for for any sport that works, you know, the, for the teams that are finishing first in the league, for a player who's at the top of his game, it's always harder to get to that top tier level. And so if you look at, you know, what the Jazz have been able to do, part of the reason that I think that maybe they won't get votes is because the the storyline of being at the top all season, like, you know, there wasn't a lot of fluctuation. The Jazz have been basically the number one team for the majority of the year. And so, you know, while you've got other teams jockeying and you've got the Suns and they're moving up slowly and then they almost reach the Jazz at the very end and then the Knicks, who nobody thought were going to be in the playoffs this year, and now they've got home court advantage in the first round. You know, those are things that have been happening through the course of the season and you kind of forget who's just at the top and who's consistently great. Uh, and that story just doesn't grab people as easily. I think it's the same, like you said, for golfers or for any sport. You know, the greats are just there. It's when somebody else comes in and does something that you kind of take notice. You know what I learned today, Gordon? What? If I ever play golf with Sarah, I'm leaving my wallet at home. No <laughs> you don't gambling. have to worry about that. <laughs> if, we're, if we're playing, if we're playing holes, then you can bring your wallet. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't bring it out on the driving range. All right, now, now hold on here, Sarah. Once you've got it the way you had it, you don't lose it. You know, you you, you could get it back quickly. I, I, I could get it. I could probably, I could on the back nine. I'll probably swing into form. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and real quick before we let you go, Sarah, I know you launched a new podcast. Get the word out. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, I'm part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Me and my co-host, Greg Foster. No, not that Greg Foster. (laughs) Uh, We launched Unsalvageable, a Utah Jazz podcast. And uh, we've had great reception. There's two episodes that are out right now. we got a new one coming out on Wednesday. And we're going to be coming out with one episode regularly through the week, but also like bonus recap episodes after every playoff game and a lot of deep dives. And we'll be around throughout the entire offseason, and I'm really excited. It's turning out really well. Well, Sarah, thanks for jumping on with us, as always, and uh, keep your phone on. I'm sure we'll be bugging you a lot over the next uh, few weeks. Yeah, no problem. Looking forward to it, guys. Thanks, Sarah. It's our friend Sarah Todd. Uh, she covers jazz for the Desert. Did you ever play golf? Oh, well, I was on a golf team. I, I used to play, uh, you know, eh, collegiately, you know. <laughs> just no big deal. Just throwing that in there. Yeah, yeah. You see, those are the kinds of things you got to find out before you go out and play before golf. Before you people. do that, yeah, yeah, because you don't want them out there, you know, hacking around at first, going, "Okay, all right, I got this." No, no, it's, you got to play at a play at a pretty high level <laughs> to get that far. You've I'm been sure. hustled on the golf course. No, but I don't really gamble on the golf course, yeah. so. Austin, you? I bet you've lost a lot of money on the golf. No, I've no. I'm not dumb. I know where I stand on my golf. Yeah, game. you kind of have to think you're going to win to bet. Yeah, right? but then you get some strokes, right? You get a couple. You get a stroke a hole. So the only time I've ever really put anything on the line in a round of golf was uh, dinner at the clubhouse afterward. So like a, a ham sandwich and a, and a coke, and uh, we went 18 holes and we're still tied. So we went another six. And we're still tied. So then we went to the chipping range Uh-oh. to see who could get closest. And I lost by an inch. 
So it's Horton, I was Horton, 15 years old. It's Horton Luck. Very, it's very just, Horton-esque yeah. right there. Yeah, no doubt. I, by the way, I had another Horton-esque moment this morning. I'll have to tell you about later. Oh, uh, tell us now. No, I'll tell you maybe next segment if you're good. All right. Stay tuned. More Big Show coming up next. <laughs> 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. What do you want? You're locked on to The Big Show. Presented by Big O' Tires. Just doing it big, you know. Stop by your locally owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O' Tires. The team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. sit back down you look too good to be heading home so early now you say you gotta work tomorrow got a lot on your mind let me buy another round girl i think you and i should just drink on it it's a big show gordon monson jake scott 97.5 and 1280 the zone we're gonna throw a tease on the austin story that's gonna be austin's list tomorrow stay tuned i'll look forward to it very austin story Every time Austin adds a new chapter to his bad luck novel, it's must read. It's I, don't, I don't want to oversell it, but there is there there is a uh, very unlikely event, like astronomically unlikely event that happened to me this morning. Like you got hit by an asteroid or something? You're close. Oh, really? That's a heck of a <laughs> space debris. About the same odds. Okay. Wow. You get struck mm. by lightning, did you? No, I wouldn't be here, I don't think. Well, I or if an asteroid got me. <laughs> you know, I can't think about uh, somebody getting struck by lightning without thinking about the great outdoors. And Reg, you know. Gordon's never about? seen the movie. Oh, yeah, Gordon's never seen it. There's a character in that movie that's been uh, struck by lightning 66 <laughs> times. <laughs> what? And it's, there's just this great line in it where it's like, hey, if you see Reg running like hell for home, <laughs> clear <laughs> you out. better get some cover. <laughs> Oh, I want to remind what? you about our friends at uh, Davis Vision real quick. Spring LASIK sale going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses. Save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out, davisvisionmd.com, or call today, 801-253-3080. If you're uh, out walking about and, uh, and thunder and lightning comes overhead, what are you supposed to do? See, isn't there conflicting wisdom here? Some people say find shelter under like a tree or no, something. But no, some people I've say heard don't the opposite. Yeah, because away. it's tall. Yeah. Uh, but like well, you don't want to be standing alone out in the middle of an open field. Now, what I what I do is I find uh, the biggest piece of sheet metal that I can find <laughs> and hold it directly above my head. Okay, all right. Don't. That's now, what a real man does. Let me let me just tell all our listeners, please, the, the impressionable out there, don't follow Jake's example. Find a good long piece of rebar. <laughs> <laughs> Take out your nine iron. <laughs> yeah. Hold it right up. What did Lee Trevino say? Only he God can't hit a one iron, right? Man. Was that a Lee Trevino <laughs> joke? I believe so. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I look for shelter if if it's a lightning storm. Okay. Don't they say the cars are a good place because of the rubber on the road? Is that true? Or is because that sounds I don't like know, an old if it hit sale. the car, you think that that would not be a good place? It sounds but, like the start of a Laffy Taffy joke. No, no, no. But, but uh, the, the logic is like electricity has to be grounded, right? right? And so if it doesn't go through the rubber, then it wouldn't do anything to the car, right? So if it hit the car directly because of the tires on the ground, uh, it would have no effect on the passengers? I guess, in theory. 
Let's get uh, uh, somebody who knows anything about science on the phone. Bill Nye, the science guy? Is that who? That, that guy. That, that guy is just a TV clown. He's is not he? really a scientist. <laughs> I mean, my dad was a scientist. He'd know, but he's not around. Oh, well. I took a downer turn. I sure did. I <laughs> miss my dad. <laughs> I love my dad. I'll never bring up science again. <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me. Know, Way to go, Jake. Didn't know all science was such a touchy subject. He's been struck by lightning. How many times is it now, Reg? Six. Six times. Six. 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 times. Hey, you know it's dan- that lightning thing is dangerous. I know, I know, I know someone who. Died. How are you, Reg? Well, it's not raining. I know someone who died from a lightning strike. Oh, stop morbid. it! Stop it! We're just laughing about the great outdoors. Come don't, on, Casey. Casey, don't. Casey. don't, don't Got to do it to me every time, man. Coming oh. <laughs> from these up-tempo records. We're talking about Reg. A, I think it's more likely to get struck by lightning than a shark attack. <laughs> okay. Sixty-six no. times. I, I read a thing. I got an email the other day from surfer or whatever, say, talking about night surfing, and I thought that does not sound like a good idea, does was, it? Was it written by a shark? Go- <laughs> All right. Go surfing at night. That sounds like a good idea. Isn't that feeding time? Also, tie some uh, bleeding bacon to your ankles. <laughs> You know, you two are very afraid of sharks. I'm just Have uh, you ever seen a shark? Noticing this. I, I, I've caught sharks, and they're out to get me. <laughs> get even. I don't Jake, wanna, I don't wanna do when you go to the ocean, do you honestly th- are just, like, paralyzed by no. fear of sharks? No, I'll go You know out. they're out there. Speaking of reading, read Unbroken by Louis Zamperini, oh, yeah, a World I, War II vet. Then you'll be afraid of sharks. I read that and saw the movie. But, uh, you got yeah. sharks below and airplanes above. I'll tell you, when you're staring face to face with a hammerhead shark, that is <laughs> nobody's just, okay. idea of a good. <laughs> Stop it, Aquaman over Stop here. Stop it right now. All right, we'll have more big show coming up. Stay tuned. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, and 1280 The Zone. Tell you what, Gordon, it's going to be weird not having any jazz games for a whole week. Yeah, I was thinking about that. What are you going to do with all your time? Diapers. I'm going to go home and change diapers. <laughs> Come on, you got to do something. I, I'm going to challenge you, Jake, to take something on this week that you ordinarily would have no time to do. I want to see you get it completed in this particular week. Read a book. You know, what, uh, take on a project at home? Something. I'll do it if you do. <laughs> well, at least you and I, well, I read the book you gave me uh-huh. for, I believe it was Christmas, wasn't yeah, yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm reading a, a different book by the same author I think really? you'd like. Yeah, really? I liked it so much that I gave it to my neighbor oh, to sweet. read it, and he loved it, and he gave it back to me, but I'm still waiting for Mr. Horton, whether he is actually He's got to catch right. up. Yeah, when's the movie? Yeah. <laughs> I love that, though. Don't, uh, don't you love passing around books? I love passing yeah. around books. It's yeah, you've, you've given me books through the years. Uh yeah. How about He's, that? You oh, know what? Oh. I take it back. We're not, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna crunch through a book this week. I'll do that. All right. I a whole that. book? Yeah. Why not? Oh, gravy! I couldn't. I haven't done that since high school. 
What? A whole book in a week? Why not? I don't know. It's boring. <laughs> well, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dive into. Dostoevsky or anything. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to pick up a pick up a Grisham or something. You know, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm not going to one of those airport novels. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to dive into something uh, above my weight. As you're passing books though, or getting them out of the library, does it ever cross your mind what the last person was doing while they read that book? No. Okay. Well, I mean, if Jake gives me a book that he's read, I'm not going to look at. It. I got. I got to sterilize this book before I. Oh, touch I it. would. Really. If it's his personal copy, yeah. I don't usually read books in the bathroom per se. That's more of a phone time for me. Yeah, <laughs> no, you don't, you don't, you don't read a book in the bathroom. What if I, told what you, I said that last week? That's a good way to get hemorrhoids. You don't want that. <laughs> what about a nice bubbly tub? A bubbly tub. Man, I can't remember the last time I took a bath. It's been a while. <laughs> Baths are reserved for like lords and ladies, aren't they? Yeah, I don't know. Or I infants. I heard a, I heard an Englishman say once, you know, the difference between a shower and a bath. A shower is what an American takes every day. A bath is what an Englishman takes once a week. That's what he said. Jeez. Pretty hard on the... On the folks from the old UK, huh? Oh, he was he was from there. I'm just going off what he said. Well, you yeah. ever been on a bus over in Europe? Nope. In the summer? Nope. That would require being in Europe. Yep. Money bags. I'm on a bus. Was was this in Tuscany, you... not Clearfield? Yeah. Was this uh, when you were yachting up the Somme? <laughs> <laughs> No? no. All right. Uh Gordon, you enjoy your evening, sir. I'll you see too. you. Let's do it again start, tomorrow. Get started on that book. I want to hear about it. That's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 975 and 1280 the zone.